0: It's did so great last week. We brought the service in at under an hour. I mean, not like, you know, time is the whole thing, but I do know you have some other plans, including we have fabulous things happening at 1130. So, I will try not to speak for too long, however, nor do I want to give Barbara the, or this rich, rich topic short shrift. I mean, I could go on for pages and hours about why friendship is so important, why it's so necessary to our health, to our mental health, to our spiritual well-being, to everything that we are in our lives. But I won't, I'll let you think about that part for yourself. I will just say that friendship, I think, is the great overlooked relationship. You know, we have all these days for lots of other things. I know there's like a friendship day, but does anybody here know when it is? Yeah, okay. When's Valentine's Day? We all know, right? Adults' lives have, if anything, more uprooting, more losses of friendship than children's. And There's relocating to be close to family. Lots of folks have come to our congregation that way and left our congregation for the same reason. Gotta go be close to where our family is and this is a big country. As we get older, we may relocate to get the care we need, and that can pull up our roots from communities that we know well. Even if we stay in the same place, with work being where we find so many of our friends and our, as Theda said, our pool of potential friends, and with most of our time, even our leisure time, spent with coworkers. What happens when somebody leaves that job? You know, if somebody that you've become friends with on the job doesn't work there anymore, do you still get together with them? Not during work hours and not during all the kind of volunteer activities and so on that you do with other coworkers and so on. And so that friendship tends to slide. So it's a challenge. And if you're thinking it's harder than it was when I was a kid, you're not wrong. There's a lot of research about this, and everybody, almost everybody sa- who uh, just speaks of their own experience says, yeah, it's gotten harder. Now, as Theda said, it's not that different in, in kind from when we're young, except that we're not thrown together as much. We have that one circle maybe at work. Uh, we don't get passed from class to class and activity to activity, each one of which has this potential to, to develop our knowledge of a new group of people. We have to create our own opportunities. And so I've been thinking a lot as I was really reflecting on why is this so hard to make friends um, for the first time as an adult and what can we do about it because we need friendship so much as we grow older. Um, I thought, well, we need to be more like children. We need to create the kind of situation that they create and maybe do the kind of things that they do. So first thing that, um, we might bring to this problem is patience. Um, kids who go to school, they may or may not expect to make friends, but they're just there, you know, doing what they have to do. Um, And so they have a lot of time together just getting to know each other through those little interactions that aren't about making a friendship at all. They're just about sharing a task or being in the same space together, overhearing one another's conversations, laughing at a joke, all those things that start to create uh, a connection between two people. Theta said it takes her probably 15 to 20 hours to know whether a new relationship is going to turn into a real friendship. But research from Jeffrey Hall, published in the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships, indicates that 200 hours might be nearer the mark. Again, not sitting there over a coffee having deep conversations, but just time in the same circles, in one another's company. So, Theta, maybe you're not as much of a tortoise as you think. Something else um, that we need to do to be more like children is um, develop opportunity. As with dating to find potential romantic partners or life partners, there's an app for that. In fact, there are many. Um, But as with the search for a life partner, even if you use an app for finding people that you might want to become friends with. It's often through shared interests or projects that we find our friends, and the app developers are smart, and about half the ones I poked around at, that's exactly what they do. They say, let's get together and do something together. I like to run, let's run together. I'm going to take this class. Who would like to take it with me? And do something you love is always good advice, you know, take that class, do that activity. Because not only might you meet others with whom you click, but if you don't, at least you've spent the time on something that's worthwhile to you. So volunteer for that organization whose work you value. Take that class in pottery or emergency response that you've been thinking, oh, one of these days. Find a social venue for following your interests, something that takes you into interaction with other people. As Theda and many others have said, one of the other problems when you're an adult as opposed to a child is that we just don't seem to have as much time. We have so many obligations. So use your time to do something rewarding. Another difference, I mean another place where uh, Another thing that's really important in creating friendships, and a place where adult experience, I think, starts to really diverge from children's is the matter of risk. Again, there's been interesting research published on this, and in one study, investigators asked adults what made it difficult for them to create new friendships. And they had a lot of a lot of things that they observed about themselves. Here's what it made me think of. Have you ever watched very young children move? You know, just the way they run, they jump, they play. I remember Fred Bulow looking at my little one. She turned 16 this week. I think she was about six at the time. And he said, I'm trying to remember at what time, at what age they stop running everywhere. Um, I want to say she's 16, and Fred, if I could tell you this, I'd tell you. Hasn't, the date hasn't come yet. Anyway, you know, you watch them move, and and then observe adults moving. There's a stiffness, a constraint. There's a, there's a history embedded in our bodies. I don't mean arthritis or a sore back, (laughs) even if those have not yet set in. There's this emotional stiffness. It's like all our feelings and our experiences find our way into our bodies and you can see them in how we interact. So that even as we move through the world and introduce ourselves to somebody, our bodies express maybe hesitation or fear or anxiety to please or defensiveness or mistrust. All of which is to say, we've acquired these through experience that those children have not yet had. We judge ourselves harder to be friends with than we used to be. We say things like, I'm introverted, I don't trust easily. We have these opinions about ourselves that we bring into possible friendships. And also, we are more wary of others than we used to be. And so something that people said in the study was things like, were something like, I'm picky, you know, I'm hard to please. I I reject somebody quite quickly when I first meet them. So maybe we need to act more like children. Think about what if I set aside these judgments of myself and other people, and I just thought, here I am, I'm in algebra with this person. You know, let's just do the thing together. And just let unfold what unfolds. That will let us maybe take the risk that it takes to be friends. You gotta walk up to somebody and bare your soul. You gotta tell them about that five inch ball of tinfoil or you won't find out what they're about. And you gotta be listening for their interest too without judgment. So if we can let go of the aversion to risk that we have accumulated, maybe something can happen that happened maybe more when we were younger. And then there's a real other complication. This exists for children, but really a lot more for adults. The fact that so many of the people that we meet, that we think of as being in our pool of potential friends, They aren't looking to develop another friendship. In fact, they shun them. They think, I've got all the relationships I have time for and energy for. I think of that song, I'm sure it's talking about romantic relationships, but I thought of it immediately when I thought of this topic. The old Beatles song, If I Needed Someone. If I had some more time to spend, then I guess I'd be with you, my friend. You know, carve your number on my wall and maybe you'll get a call from me. It's like that. We're moving in a world of people who maybe they've got their social lives, their emotional needs all set up. But all of that brings us back to why we need more friendships probably than we have right now. People relocate. Increasingly, the older we get, they die. People divorce, resulting, it's probably happened to you, in losing one member of that relationship. People you used to socialize with are now, they didn't get custody of you in the divorce. It's sad, but it's true. So, I want us to think for a moment. Now, another grim kind of study is how many, how many Americans actually how many friendships Americans say they actually have. So you may come up with a very low number here. But I want you to think of the friendship you have that you develop most recently. And sure, romantic partners count. Just somebody you are close to, you you can do the things with that a friend, that a friend's do. Try to think which one developed most recently in your life. And when you've got it, How did you meet that person? And what did you do? How long did it take to turn into each of you knowing, oh, this is somebody I want to be with more? Try to think about the story of that friendship. Not that you can replicate it because there's luck and there's clicking, there's a clicking, just like happens in romance between people who are going to be friends, but to remind yourself, You know how to do this, and even if you went all the way back to 10 years old, or you're not sure you ever knew how to do this, you have some of these skills. And of course, you have this community. Hey, you are way ahead of a lot of folks in finding friends, although it still takes a lot of patience, it takes building more opportunities, and it takes risk even once you found a place like UUCPA. If you came here seeking community, in other words, friendships, you are far from alone. Most of us did. For most of us, that was a major factor. Like any group of people with common interests, common goals, values, and a worldview we share, we're a good group of people for finding a friend in, and yet, looking around at a couple hundred people, you're not going to click with all of them. You're not going to really become friends with really good friends. Call late at night when you're having a bad, bad time kind of friends with more than a couple, that's probably enough, but who are they? We've been talking about that quite a lot in leadership in the church. How do we help people to make those connections? Because this is such a deep problem in our society and in this local culture. We, uh, John and I and Kat and the membership um, and growth committee talked about having um, tables, not like a whole fair, although those are great too, But um, just kind of cycling through different small groups, having a table, maybe a couple of the tables after the service, especially as the weather warms up and you can go over and learn about this or that group and how do you get involved or create another one like it. That would be helpful because we have a lot, a lot of ways to connect. Might be helpful at those tables to tell each other the story of how long it took. Oh, I went to three different Women's groups, somebody might say, and they, just, they were nice people, interesting people, they just didn't click. The one I'm in now, yeah, this one really clicked. We'll be teaching each other something about making friends, as well as providing those opportunities. Something else we've been talking about, um, Christy Iverson, who's currently the chair of Membership and Growth, asked me, she said, you know those times in the service where you um, have people put on a sticker that goes into coffee hour. This was, you know, pure planning on my part to uh, get y'all talking about things, as Theta says, things besides what brought you here today, right? Something that takes us a little farther in another direction. Well, I didn't bring any today, um, although I promised Christy, I'll think of more services where there's a good match and you look at them and see what you think. What would be a good sticker for a particular service to help us keep talking? Because you don't, you know, make friends all listening to a sermon together. I'm glad you're all here, but that's not where you're going to make friends. You make friends and you deepen friendships in the conversations. So we're going to have invisible stickers today. Because here's the question, that question I just asked you. When, where, how did you make your most recent friend? Or you know, a friendship that comes to mind, preferably one after childhood. It's a great introduction, by the way. I mean, you're gonna have an interesting conversation with somebody just by exchanging those things about each other, just by asking that question and listening with an open heart. So, if you have time today, let's ask each other that question after the service. Tell me about a friendship of yours. And if you don't have time today, try it next week. We'll be here. Because you know, here's what something like a congregation does. It's not just that we provide logistics, the sort of structure, the the, the small groups that say, "Oh, you could meet because you all like to sing together," or you meet in a because you're all um, parents of teens, or or um, or something like that. It's not just that we're a gathering hub. What's powerful about a congregation, about this congregation, is that we're here because it helps us to grow in vulnerability, in the courage to take those risks, in the compassion to say, yeah, you know, I kinda have all the friends I need. I have a pretty busy time just with my my partner or my closest friend or my kids or my job, but sure, come on over to our house after, after uh, service. We'll have lunch together, because there's, there's just always more room for love in our lives. So let us help one another to grow in vulnerability and courage and compassion and see what friendships might blossom.